everyone wants to stay on trend, right? Tailwind's 2022 design trends for social media include font pairings, color palettes, and motifs, all available for use inside of Tailwind. Use the report that I'm linking inside of the show notes to help you navigate your social media and keep your social posts looking so fresh. I use Tailwind to keep my Pinterest on point, and so can you. You can also use it to design inside of Tailwind and schedule social media for your social media platforms. Head on over to the show notes to check out Tailwind's 2022 design trends for social media. This is the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. Do you know what your brand's signature style is? Well, I got you covered. Take the 60 second style quiz on our website at collegeofstyle.com forward slash style dash quiz. Once you're done, you'll get a breakdown of who your style icon is, a very cool discount code on working with me and College of Style to help bring out what your signature style is and make it work for you. So visit our website today at collegeofstyle.com forward slash style dash quiz to take the quiz now. You're listening to Sweet Bites with Sandra with your host, Dr. Sandra Colton-Medici. Follow on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Dr. Sandra Colton-Medici. You can listen to select episodes of the podcast live on Fireside and learn about upcoming course announcements, coaching programs, working one-on-one with Sandra, and new template releases by visiting collegeofstyle.com. Find digital marketing strategies and social media updates on Sandra's Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash college of style. Join Sandra on TikTok, Pinterest, and Twitter at College of Style and subscribe today to Sandra's newsletter. It's called Link in Bio and you can find it on LinkedIn to learn more about links that make you click. This is your personal invitation to join Sandra's community at collegeofstylecommunity.com today. Hi, I'm Sandra, and I'd like to invite you to subscribe and listen to my new podcast, Sweet Pipes with Sandra. Satisfy your entrepreneurial sweet tooth in each episode full of digital business tips, inspiring interviews, asides from my entertainment career, and rewards to celebrate your sweet success. Find Sweet Bites with Sandra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 78 of the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sandra Coltimedici, and I have a very special guest with me today. Her name is Jenny Fowler, and she is the Director of Social Media Strategy at MIT. She is in charge of developing and executing institute-wide social media initiatives and campaigns, and she provides social media consultation and direction for more than 200 departments, labs, and centers, and manages the institute flagship Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn accounts. She also leads the MIT Social Media Working Group, which has more than 200 members, and I cannot wait for you to hear the interview. So stay tuned. I have a special announcement for you. Yes, the Template Design Summit is happening June 4th and 5th, and you are invited. So go to collegeofstyle.com forward slash TDS to register now. You also have the option to get replay access this year, so do not miss out. Every single session, either live or recorded, will happen inside of our Facebook group. So don't delay. Make sure that you register for the Template Design Summit now at collegeofstyle.com forward slash TDS. There are lots of social media changes that are happening. 
all, all the time, every single day, algorithms, feature introductions. One of the things that I posed a question on my LinkedIn profile was, are you using communities on YouTube? And a majority of people said no. And I thought that was crazy because YouTube has such a vast number of people on it. So if you are one of the people who are lucky enough to have communities, I think they reduce the number from a thousand subscribers that you had to have as a requirement to 500 subscribers. If you are one of those people that has 500 subscribers on YouTube, make sure you're taking advantage of having and building your community community on YouTube. It's an amazing opportunity. And once I hit 500 subscribers, you know that I'm going to be <laughs> posting in that community. So head on over to my YouTube page and subscribe today. All you have to do is go to collegeofstyle.link forward slash YouTube to subscribe. One of the hidden features on my website is the tools page. If you scroll past it on the homepage, you won't find another link for it. So go directly to it and find the 30 different tools that I recommend for you to use in your business. It's at college of style forward slash tools to find more. There are so many hidden gems on the website and little by little, I'm trying to show you exactly where to find them. But this is definitely one that you need to bookmark on your web browser. It's collegeofstyle.com forward slash tools and check out the 30 tools that are on there for your business. One of the cool things that I'm doing this year that I think you're going to love is giving away a template a day inside of our Facebook group and they are Canva templates. So you must have a Canva account in order to access them. So head on over to our Facebook group for a template a day as we lead up to the Template Design Summit, June 4th and 5th. Another thing that I'm super excited about, and you can hear it, <laughs> is that I have a brand new product on our shop and you're going to see a fun new selection of template design related merchandise. And that's simply because I can't get enough of them. So if you go on our website right now, you can see it's a compact mirror and it says J'adore templates on the front. It's too cute with hearts and all. So definitely check out our shop at shopcollegeofstyle.com for my brand new template collection, celebrating content creators, business owners, and entrepreneurs just like you. Go to shopcollegeofstyle.com today. Breaking through the noise is hard with so much distraction on social media platforms. Finding your voice, cadence, and consistency can also be elusive. Have you tried to create social media posts that just didn't seem to attract your ideal audience? Do you look at other people's social profiles and wonder, how are they posting this content that looks so cohesive and tailored to their brand identity? Well, imagine if you could create social media posts that resonate with your audience and stop people from scrolling right past your profile. Create captions that captivate your followers and nurture your community so that they trust you as an authority in your industry. And generate sales from those social media followers by crafting calls to action that convert your followers into customers. And what about just showing up online, showing up as your true self online and using strategies to build and grow your online community? Well, that's what we do inside of the six week group coaching program. It's called Style to the Nines. We just had an open enrollment period that literally just ended. So if you missed that open enrollment period, I want to give you a little bit of a heads up. We're having another one. <laughs> so if you missed it, the upcoming holiday is your chance to secure your spot. Memorial Day weekend. 
Yes, it's an open cart just for you. Like I said, every single time that I'm offering this program, the investment will go up. So the program is $300 for the six-week group coaching program. So do not miss out. This is your last opportunity for this spring cohort of the Style to the Nines group coaching program. I can't wait to see you inside. And do not miss it this Memorial Day weekend. Have you ever felt like you keep saying, um, I can't hear you or the voice quality is really bad during your online meeting. Well, take a look at Iris Clarity by AppSumo. It's hard to stick to an agenda of your remote meetings when participants can barely hear each other, right? So let online conversations flow with AI-powered voice isolation with Iris Clarity by AppSumo. Check the show notes for a link on how you can get it today. I have a very special guest with me today. Her name is Jenny Fowler, and she is the Director of Social Media Strategy at MIT. I am so excited to be talking to you today because we actually met on Twitter, and we have kind of come to know each other through that platform. So kind of talk about where your journey began, because I know you've worked for multiple um, schools, and in this sort of social media space, Let's talk about kind of the journey to where you're at now as the social media director of strategy, I believe, um, at MIT. That's correct. I come from a journalism background and um, I actually was a TV reporter, had a whole entire career um, in that. But, um, you know, I just, you know, the short of it is I tell people that I changed, the industry changed. And so I... I, I parted. I parted ways with it. It was very amicable, um, but I did, you know, get um, a job in house of like a Fortune 50 corporation in their sort of public affairs department, and there they they made me an editor of just a very very small part, like one page of their vast digital, you know, properties, um, and that's really sort of when the whole editorial, digital content, content strategy, blogging, that sort of foray kind of opened the door to social media. So that position kind of fed me or gave me all the skills that I needed to get my editorial and social media manager position at another, you know, another university in Cambridge, Harvard Kennedy School, which is the graduate school of government and public policy at, at Harvard. And while I was there, I just, you know, social media just kept on taking more and more of my day and more and more of my job. And I just, it was really, I, I still love it, but it was just really exciting and fun for me. And I thought, gosh, if I could make this 100% of my job, that would be kind of cool. And at the time, which, you know, which was in 2015, this position opened up and um, a colleague of mine said, you, you know, you have to apply for this. This is like kind of perfect for you. Um, and honestly, like, I didn't even look at the job posting because I was like this is just gonna rock my world right now and I don't not ready I don't want to do because you, you know when you haven't like updated your resume or any of your digital properties in way too long then it's like a sprint when you find that you had to do it but she was right I looked at the position I was like I can't not apply for this um and that's what got me to here um yeah. That's amazing because it's almost like <laughs> it's the one job that you kind of are like, 
do I take the time to like, just like cram in like a session right now? I did that the other day because I saw like this one job that came up. It was for an editor in chief position. And I was like, they're not going to hire me, but I'm so putting everything together right now because it, it's almost like, um, you know, you, you leave it for so long and then you're like, oh, I got to do it. And you know what, for you, it totally paid off. So director of social media strategy at MIT, when you think about um, all of the things, cause I read your, like your responsibilities. I'm like that. <laughs> it seems very overwhelming, right? To think about the amount of departments that you are in consultation with and kind of leading the way as far as like where you're putting your priorities. So how do you manage all of those entities? I'm definitely here for when people need need me, right? And, um, and the past couple of years, I feel like um, it's been more because <laughs> the amount of crisis in, in, in just the environment of the pandemic, it's, it's just been a lot um, to navigate. I don't even know. I don't even think I see myself as, gosh, how do I manage like this foray of, of um, department labs? And so I, I think the, the needs kind of arise. Um, and the, you know, the priorities definitely bubble up and, and just like some weeks, like this week is proving to be, there happens to be a lot, there happens to be a lot. And you just kind of like, I think, yeah, I think it's just sort of just like social media is day by day. It's just, it's just kind of day by day. Right. And so I think there are definitely priorities that bubble up. Um, but overall, you know, I, I do manage the social media working group. And that's just sort of a core responsibility of mine, which you know the members are comprised of social media managers or people who manage social media managers throughout the MIT community, and that is, you know, we have meetings. I have a newsletter. I'm constantly in, in touch with them. We have a very engaged Slack group. So that that I'd say some days more again some days more than others requires more attention than not um but i'm always checking with them regularly yeah it's an interesting question cuz i just think you know i i often use this like analogy just for work life balance like i don't like the term work life balance cuz it immediately brings to mind like two like the scales right you've got work over here and you know you have to balance them i just i just don't like that analogy at all because when is when is that ever equal <laughs> like you know it's like i I I call um, I I like the visual or the analogy. Life is a deck of cards. You know, sometimes you know, you eat, like you shuffle it, and different cards rise to the top because it's like different priorities. And other days, it's just like all of the cards are like it's just a fifty-two you know card pickup because it's everything is breaking or things are happening and then you try to you know get them back neatly into a pile if you can um so i i just think that's sort of how i approach my day i mean i i don't know if that's particularly uplifting but i i think it's sort of the i think it's just sort of sort of the pace of the social media manager right it's like um there are things that are constant, then there are always things that sort of require your attention and bubble up. But I, I think the thing is, it's like, I love the institution. 
um, I love the people here. And I think when there is an element of like really caring about your community that makes you find the energy and, 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 and keep going because man, the last couple of years have definitely been, they've been a marathon, right? Ultra marathon. <laughs> so yeah. It's like, it's like running a few marathons in one. I feel like um, people are kind of at that point of like, is it over? Yeah. <laughs> you know, We're still so running. We're still running, yeah. Sandra. <laughs> I know. I know. And it's so funny because when you look at, which we, like I said, we um, met on Twitter, it's yeah. that thing about Twitter. I think that is, it's just always going, right? Like there's just so much news and events and like, you know, we've got Oscars and we've got um, Grammys and then next on is, you know, March Madness. And so it's just never ending. And so I think, like you said, for the the work-life balance, it is a deck of cards and you are just kind of shuffling through, making sure that, you know, there's a little bit of sense of order, which is where you come in, which is all of the strategy, right? Like putting together some sort of sense of uh, summary or or a sense of planning um, so that even if things get a little out of whack, you still have some sort of guideline to follow, right? So totally. When you're thinking about strategizing for the, you know, the institution or certain departments, what is at the forefront of that? Like, obviously people look at like your mission, your vision, your values, all of the things that are, you know, the foundations of the institution, but you're also looking at as a university, because this is, you know, I have lived on certain campuses, like I went to University of Oregon, lived there, I went, and then afterward, I lived on um, close to UW, which is University of Washington, just because I, I love the energy of being in a university setting. And then I went on to do, you know, USC and all of that very remotely. But for me, I always understood like universities as always being kind of that like step in the future, because there's so many, you know, I mean, not literally, but really kind of intuitively people are not living in the present. They are living for the next and, you know, looking at how their research can impact future generations and things like that. So when you're thinking about strategizing for people who are not necessarily talking about the now, they're talking about the next, how do you strategize for that community? So I just want to say, I do agree. I think that um, when, you know, the stuff hits the fan and, you know, it's everything's going crazy, your, your strategy and your goals are, are your North Star. Right. And so if you always can kind of come back to that, I feel like you can, I can always center myself and you can, you know, center what you're doing. Um, so in where I sit, um, so I think, I feel like there's two pieces. So where I sit, um, I am in the Institute Office of Communications. So a lot of my priorities and goals are messaging priorities and communications goals. So you know, sometimes they can be sort of squishy, um, but ultimately, like, I, you know, I make sure that our, our messaging priorities are, you can kind of get a sense of what they are by looking at our content every day. So it's just kind of, you know, reinforcing our um, brand throughout the world as a leader in science, technology, innovation, education. Um, and just, you know, those are sort of like the message, like those types of priorities are, are my, my goals, right? And so how do you take um, stuff that can be really futuristic and robots and, you know, can kind of be academic and, and kind of break it down for, you know, a wider audience? Well, I think this is something that I've always taken with me from my days as being like a reporter is just, 
you know, whatever you're trying to communicate, try to tell, like, I always say, you know, tell it. So I find the nugget that my mom would be interested in, you know, my, you know, my 70 plus year old mom, who's an immigrant, you know, English is not her first language. Like, how can I, what's that, what's the piece that would make her interested? Like, you know, that the hook. Um, so, and, uh, you know, sometimes I tell people like, what's, what's like, try to explain it to your grandma, you know, what's the thing that would get them. So I just try to make it like, what's, the piece that is the new piece and 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 kind of say it is in as plain language as I can and sometimes that's that's hard because you do have to use the terms <laughs> the the technical terms and academic terms but I just you know bring it to as wide of an audience as you can and in in pl as plain language as you can right and just make the each piece of content really um sing and be interesting and and you know, pleasant to look at, like what, you know, what, what's going to stop the scroll. I really feel like ultimately that is, that is what my job is. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to stop the scroll. So how do you get people to stop the scroll and look at, look and maybe click on it and engage with it some way. That's just sort of, you know, what I'm trying to do every day. And, and if it were just that, man, it would be great. You know, it's, it's all the crisis stuff that is just kind of like, oh, you know, that takes away from you being able to be creative um, sometimes, but, um, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally feel you on, you know, when, when you are like, I look at people and I'm not going to go into certain brands, but there have been several in the um, news lately who have been in crisis mode um, and who have had to really, I would say, fight the overwhelming need of the feedback um, to, to like crawl out of the hole <laughs> to be the overwhelming voice. And so when you think about some of the challenges that you face, or even some of the really positive perks about what you do, what are some that kind of come to mind? Because I think that social media managers and strategists and um, digital architects and storytellers, we're, we're trying to do these jobs, right? And, and there's all of these, uh, it's kind of like this other noise <laughs> that's out there that kind of, you know, sometimes take over what the original intent of, you know, the content was supposed to be. And, and so I kind of just want to know your take on like, what is the, what's the, the good, the sweet spot for you as far as like all the goodness that comes from your job? Um, I mean, I think the cool, the cool thing is where, where I am is that, you know, um, our culture is really distinct and, um, and, and I, I love that you know, I can lean into all the geeky, nerdy stuff that we embrace because that's us, right? Our audience's love language is numbers and math. And um, and so for me, I just really try to speak to our audience. I stay in my lane, <laughs> you know, like I, I just, I speak to our culture. I, you know, I've been here long enough where I know what resonates with our culture. And so I just try to stay within it. I think it's hard, like, especially when you're in these spaces and you're a social media manager, and especially these past two years, there's been so much. And when you're looking at these platforms every day and say, like you see everyone else commenting on this particularly poignant public event, or if, you know, if everyone else is like changing their profile picture to a black square, like you, you feel like compelled you know, to like do the same or should, should, should you do these things? But I always, I'm always like, you know, if it has something to do with law, yeah, I'm just like, 
we don't have a law school. You know, we is it because Jenny, the social media manager, want is feeling compelled to say something, or does it fit the culture of our institution? You know, I mean, is is that a place where we would normally interject or or say something about? So, like, I I think ultimately, you know, like I just really fiercely try to stay stay in my own lane, and I think our audience appreciates it, and and we and we have fun doing, and like we can be as quirky and nerdy and you know tell math jokes and they love that and, and that's what's fun for me when I can be creative in those spaces um yeah I think it's it, it gets hard it gets hard for social media managers to do that and there feels like there's this pressure but sometimes I think it's the pressure doesn't exist we're just kind of man we're just putting it on ourselves or or putting it in our own heads so I think it's just easy when we can stay true to our culture you know yeah well and that makes sense and you've been I mean you've been there for a while like you said um so you get what people understand and and what they want more of and you have the data and probably a lot of data scientists at your (laughs) institution to to back that up too so for people who are just starting out who don't know who their audience is and are just throwing things out to see what sticks you know what is the best practice for small business owners who are doing like 14 different jobs at the same time and managing all of their social um to really kind of rein it in so i i would say that it's it's not as complex as you would think, right? So really listen. I think this is when you really, listening to your audiences, the importance of that never goes away. It's always, always a priority. Um, but early on when you're trying to learn your voice, I would, I would say just talk to a lot of people. I mean, that's what I did when I took on this, this position. I talked to as many people as possible and really just try to um, get up to speed on the culture and just the feel of the place as, as, as soon as you can. So talking to a lot of people and listening to your audiences. And if you're starting out small, it's okay. The numbers might be small, but don't worry about like number totals. Like I always tell people, if you post something, you're posting content and you're not getting any likes and you're not getting any retweets, but then you post something and you get one like and one retweet. I was like, that is a hundred percent growth. <laughs> I'm like, don't forget. And so look at, look at that post that got the like and the retweet and go, what is it about this post that got a like and a retweet and, and see what you can repeat. Uh, you know, was it the image? Was it the time of day? Like I do a lot of what I call digital detective work. Like, was it um, the word, the copy or the text? Like, what was it? And, and I, I look for all of the elements that I can repeat. And then I repeat it. And then next time you might get two likes and two retweets. And again, that is a hundred percent growth. You know, you could put that down. Like, I just, I think some people get so discouraged and they're like, well, I'm just getting like two likes. And I'm like, well, did you start out with zero? I'm like, well, that that's, you're growing, you know, and that's how everyone gets started. That's how I got started. Um, so, you know, just look to repeat that. And then soon you'll, you'll see, like, you'll get to a point where you're like, I know this is going to do well, or I'm not sure if this is going to do well. And there's still instances where I do that. And I'm like, I don't know how this is going to play at this time, but I, I'm going to try, you know, or, or like it's, it's social media is constantly experimenting and trying new things and growing from what you learn. Um, And I think that's, you know, again, that's, 
one of the really fun things about it. Yeah, I I have fun testing all the time. And and unfortunately, it's like I I will go back and I do this on my TikTok account. I'm like, I'll review and I'll scroll and I'm like, that was really good. That was really good. And I'll be scrolling through and I'm like, I don't understand why people just didn't like this, but I really love it. And you know what? At some point in time, I'm just kind of like, if you love what you're doing, that's enough for some first for, you know, a sustainable period of time. If you're trying to make money at it, it might be a little bit different, but at least, at least the love of actually creating is there for, for some aspect of, you know, the social media craziness that's out there. Um, what do you think is the next? Because I think that as you're looking at strategy for your, you know, your institution or even anywhere else, you have to not ignore web three and metaverse and nfts and cryptocurrency like all of these things that are happening right and i'm sure that there's plenty of robotic talking you know i, I know there's a lot of stuff going on at MIT, mit but um when you think about the next of it all how to intertwine virtual reality, augmented reality, and the content that's there with your current audience. And to, to like you said, break it down like it's your, your grandmother or your mother that would understand it to that point, but not knowing what it is. So I feel like when I am talking to people, it's like, it's not really created yet. So I can't really talk about what it is in a very plain text format. So how have those conversations come up in when you're creating content and are you going to pivot a little bit in strategy to start intertwining that into the conversation that you're having now with your audience? It's really important for me to understand these spaces and what's going on in these spaces um, and to keep an eye on it. Um, and, but, but it, it, but it is true, you know, no one, no, I'm not getting any, any pressure to go into these spaces. You know, um, our higher ed administrations tend to be slow adopters and things. But I, I have to say, like, I think there are definitely possibilities. And, and, and the, here, here are the possibilities that I'm thinking. It's more in like the art spaces and like the clubs and, and sort of like that spaces or athletic spaces. So the, the, the example that I like to give is, um, you know, Quidditch. There are a lot of universities that actually have Quidditch teams and they get together and play Quidditch. If you can put, play Quidditch in the VR space in, or in the metaverse, it could really transform that whole experience, right? It's not like you're just going to be running with brooms in between your legs. You're going to be, you'll be flying and actually be hitting bludgers and, and, you know, throwing the quick, like looking for the Quidditch. I think I'm saying this right. It's been a long time since I've read Harry Potter. So excuse no me, worries. Harry Potter fans. Um, but that would really just elevate the experience. And, and any any sort of clubs on campus, like say that you're a spelunking club or a mountain climbing club, and you know during the off seasons you're trying to train new people or get get used to maybe a certain climb um, or a rock that the club is going to tackle. I think you know bringing that into the VR space could be really really elevate and take that sort of experience to a whole another level. And also in the realm of like NFTs, sort of that artwork, I think there's a lot of possibilities in, in arts and arts programs and, and students. I mean, 
it gets sticky because you don't, you know, you don't, you're not, you can't just sell off your students' work, and, you know. So there's a lot of other answers or questions that need to be answered. But you know, I I do explore these places, and I think that that's sort of where I think the natural fit comes. But again, I think in the interesting with universities is like you know these different clubs in these different pockets because we are we're all siloed, which has its positives and negatives you know, they can, they can sort of develop these places and take them on as their own. Whereas, you know, in the Central Institute Office of Communications, you know, knowing our goals, I, I'm not sure that the audiences are there for us to need to reach at the moment. So we can kind of, we can kind of sit on it and, and be, be slow for a while and see how things, things develop in those areas. But, um, but yeah, like, I think, I think the immediate opportunities are in those spaces. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm always curious as to where people are thinking they might dip their toe, you know, into the metaverse NFT space or even cryptocurrency. Like, I don't, I don't understand it enough to be like, yeah, I'm so there. Like, I don't have a profile on Twitter with the, like, with my NFT, like artwork, it's not happening yet. But, but I do think that it's interesting to think about the strategy side of things of like, Hey, okay. Is this, you know, long-term we're going to pace ourselves and see what is what, because you don't want to be part of this evolution that tanks, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so it's definitely wise to kind of put your feelers out there to see what's happening. What do you think about just social media in general, as far as where you put your, the most effort in key profiles, like for for what you do, are you focused on, I mean, obviously people focus on websites, but is it on Twitter and Facebook or is it, you know, Twitter and Instagram? Like where is your, your key art living? We're active in Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Twitter has always been really strong for MIT. And um, I don't know if it's just that we found our audience really early or it just, you know, our content just seems to be a fit with that. Um, channel, I, as whatever whatever any must any of us might think about Facebook, it is it is a Goliath of a platform. I mean, there's so many billions of people that are actively on it, and its reach it still has a really really vast reach, right? So it's not going anywhere. We continue to you know, focus on Facebook, but I would say that it just in the last two years, we've seen so much growth in LinkedIn. Like I keep on telling people I'm bullish on LinkedIn. Like it's, it's algorithm feels more organic and transparent to me. And it's just a really positive, um, a positive audience and just a positive experience. And I love how, you know, the content that does really well in that space is like, your celebrations, like if your um, rankings, if you have high rankings, or if your um, solar car team won, you know, a national competition, or if your students won a math competition, like throw all of that up there. Cause you know, LinkedIn loves to celebrate your wins with you. And I mean, we, I feel like we can't be doing that enough right now. We should celebrate all of our wins together. Um, so it just, it just seems like a really great space um, at the moment. So um, yeah, so I've, we've definitely, you know, strengthened our strategy in um, LinkedIn and really kind of solidified that as instead of sort of the secondary platform that we kind of posted 
content on it's it's become like a, one of our regular platforms that we're really active in we love instagram but it just i feel like it's going through something and yeah i mean it's been favoring businesses for a while so the organic reach and engagements have been you know kind of tanking but you know just doing more digital detective work right and just kind of seeing in the frustrating thing with that platform is that we know we're posting things that our audience likes but it's just the algorithm is kind of doing funky things on us so we're just kind of seeing how we could stretch that a little bit like stretch the reach stretch the engagements but yeah yeah I mean I don't think you're alone in that I think everybody's kind of like what are they doing right now? And that's because they've introduced the reels, they've introduced um, different aspects of um, the features and filters for reels. And so they've been, I mean, as far as what I've seen, they've been pretty transparent in, in acknowledging uh, TikTok being a competitor. And knowing that it's been a little bit frustrating for people who used to have really great reach, you know, kind of the aesthetically pleasing Instagram photo lifestyle influencer on Instagram have always seemed to have a big reach. And now it's kind of like, hmm, you know, mm-hmm. they're they're introducing different features. They've removed kind of the IGTV and replaced. So a lot of things, like you said, they're doing a few funky things. And I think that they're just really really trying to find themselves as a brand, which I think Mm -hmm. is great for our conversation because that's what we're talking about is social media strategy and really finding their footing um, now that Facebook is now meta and Instagram is uh, pushing different kinds of features that I think they're trying to be more competitive on with other platforms. And I think that with all the different aspects of feature pushing, the algorithms are going to change, right? And so I look at uh, different platforms platforms like Pinterest and looking at those and saying, hmm, you know, how are these people still here, right? You know, and, you know, like they're still That's here and they're still kicking it, right? And then I look at people like, or, or platforms like Snapchat and I'm like, I don't get it at all. You know, my, my husband's um, sister is, I think, newly 21 and she is all over Snapchat, you know, in the Gen Z world, Snapchat is like the thing. And so for me, I'm like, I'm 43. I don't get it. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't get it, but that's okay. You know, I, I need to learn new things all the time. So that's why I was asking you about like, what platforms are you, you know, really keying in on LinkedIn I have keyed in on in the last year and have grown from 1200 followers to over 7,300 followers. And I think, and just in the last, um, what's it called? In the last like two weeks, Mr. Beast, who's huge on YouTube has now joined LinkedIn. Mm. So you are definitely on to something with that celebrating wins and the more, I would think positive platform um, being on LinkedIn. Is there anyone that you think that people are sleeping on right now that we should all kind of be like, hmm, maybe we should take a look at this particular social media platform. So it, it, you know, it was LinkedIn, like I think, but, but I've definitely feel like I've been saying this, this year. So maybe, (laughs) maybe the word is out by now. Um, But, you know, I've been telling people don't, don't sleep on LinkedIn. Um, Like I personally did a 180 about LinkedIn. Like when, you know, I first got into higher ed, I just didn't think LinkedIn was a fit at all. Like it, you know, I didn't think the content was a fit. I'm like, you know, people would tell me that they're trying to do more with their um, higher ed LinkedIn space. And I would be like, why, you know, it's such a, but it's just, um, but like these, 
platforms do, they tend to um, they tend to evolve, you know. And um, whereas I thought that then, it definitely is not now. Like it's it's this place where, you know, especially in a university where you're putting out new innovation content, technology content, um, you know, innovations in me medicine and me like all like the LinkedIn audience loves all of that, right? It's like new um, advancements or new news or so I just I just think that that is a space that you know I've been telling people don't sleep on it but I've been saying that for years so maybe maybe people have kind of like started to listen but also you know I just to speak just to add to what you were saying about Pinterest I think you know we get so enamored with the shiny new thing that we actually forget to ask the questions to see if that's a fit. Like, is that a fit for my content? Is that a fit for what we're trying to do? Or does it fit our goals? Like, I think there's so many platforms that have been around that um, people forget to look at. Like, I think sometimes people forget Flickr is still around, you know, and that, and that could really be useful to you in in different spaces in in whatever you're trying to do if it helps to meet your goal like I just I just think that people forget to look at you know like you those, those like platforms that have stood the test of time um because you just kind of forget and you're looking at the shiny new object right um and that's a mistake yes well I I love our conversation. I wish we could go forever. <laughs> Is there anything that you want to leave on a last note? I think a, a lot of times people tend to clump social media all together, even with like the internet, right? And and just say, well, that it's just so awful. It's a negative space. And you know, my experience, I've seen, I've seen that, right? But my experience has not been the same. Like Sandra, you and I, you know. Um, met on Twitter. I think I think you can curate your own experience in whatever platform you have, you know, depending on what type of content you like to consume, what kind of content you like to put out there. So I will say that like, you know, in these spaces, you will get what you put out, right? And and you can you can create or be a part of a very, very healthy, thriving, you know, positive community in these spaces. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I still appreciate you. <laughs> no, thank you for having me. Thank you for yes. asking. Yeah, it was great. Is your business not connecting or converting your followers online? Book your brand audit today by visiting collegeofstyle.link forward slash brand audit. I look forward to working with you to move the needle on your business and jumpstart your 2022 with strategic messaging and up-leveled visual branding. Click the link and I'll talk to you soon. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Sweet Bites with Sandra, make sure to send an email to info at sandracoltamedici.com. Include in the subject line, be a sponsor.